I'm Zach. I'm Riff. Damn it feels good to be a storm dancer. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 302 of Video Games Hot Dog. The first one with Jim since he became a storm dancer. That's right. I I believe you. <laughs> but I I can't blame anyone who doesn't. Oh, sure. The, I mean, and, and like, we'll, we'll see what the courts have to say. Oh, they, there's still a chance they might deny your, your yeah, request? Definitely. For I'm, parole from your previous name? <laughs> uh, we're, we're using the name now, though, so. Oh, how, how long does it take to find out? Uh, a few months, probably. Really? Yeah, I mean, I should have, what I should have done, and this is, this was dumb, I should have started this like six months ago, changed my name. And then she oh, could then, change yeah, her name. It would be just, trivial for her. Yeah, you, right. you wouldn't have to worry about getting a different judge who was less cool. Right. Uh, so does that mean that both of you have to change yeah, it? We, yeah, we have to file independently. Why can't you just change it on the marriage? Only license? one of you can do that. And only to a certain set, subset of, like, I think, combinations of your existing names. That's mm. annoying. It is annoying. You should you should be allowed to start entirely new lives together, like where you leave town and nobody knows who you are. And <laughs> yeah. I think I've realized that I don't know what April's maiden name is, but you don't need to say it on yeah. a on a podcast for the internet. Well, of since course. it's your password to everything, uh, right? right. <laughs> yeah, it is. It was for even from before you met her. That's weird. It's, well, that was that's that's that was why, that was how they that was how they set you up on <laughs> right, that, uh, whatever well, dating had, site you met on. I had my password, password in my OKCupid okay profile her last name, <laughs> and yeah. then she and they were like, "Oh, this must mean something to you." Yeah, yeah. It's your maiden's name. Yeah, pretty good. Um, it's your maiden's name. Okay, good. Uh, Jim, I, I, I went, I was at your, your, uh, wedding reception and it was a real delight. Oh, good. I had a fantastic time. Yeah. And, uh, I tried to make it a cool place to be it was with good. cool people there. Seemed like you were socializing more than you wanted to. Oh yeah. That definitely. Seemed, that seemed pretty rough for mm-hmm. you. I well, appreciate, I appreciate you, know, you sticking with it though. It, it was okay. You know, I, I actually like have a, now I have a fondness for suspenders Okay. And, like I would have to change my entire wardrobe to make that work. Um Wait, why? Uh because suspenders demand your pants be like at your waist. I see. As opposed to what? At your hips. Normal pants. Wait, really? Wait, what? It's well, okay, ever... maybe only if you're fat. I have never worn suspenders. So I so wore I them know. I wore them a couple times as part of an outfit for the speakeasy yeah. and it's real fucking uncomfortable to wear suspenders with normal pants. Like Why? it's because it's like, it like pulling it up into your crotch. You really got to decide which way you dress uh, and it's like so does it mean you have to wear special pants? Or Which do you need- apparently, according you- to Jim, it means I was supposed to have worn special pants. Well, <laughs> here's a question. Maybe you had like size small suspenders and you need to get like larger well, the suspenders. The suspenders are adjustable. Okay. So then why didn't you adjust them to not be well, messing with your junk? Because then my shirt would come untucked and and my uh, pants would, would ride too low. I don't yeah. Know. And that that's the real trick there is that like I never tuck my shirt in even like when in situations where like you're supposed to because – it looks real bad to like tuck it over the gut and then into the pants. Yeah. Like mm. it just, it's not a good look. Um, so I had these pants that were like at my waist level, uh, which apparently is, is sometimes in fashion. Um, I feel as though this, this might be, this might be wrong or, uh, controversial. I feel like how dare you women would say, that that is a better look than the untucked shirt look. Like, I no at no point has a woman ever 
like complimented me on clothes or like recommended a way of wearing clothes that didn't make me feel fat. Like <laughs> there wasn't like this shirt is so tight that it is obvious that I have a beer gut. Mm. Like that is the point. Like that kind of outfit is where someone would say, hey, nice shirt. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the way yeah, that, that I normally dress, I don't feel like it makes me look bad, but I think everyone else does. That, that could be. But now that I'm married, I don't give a shit what women think. Well, sure. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Well, all right. Uh, so <laughs> let's uh, let's start streaming video games. <laughs> well, that hung longer than I hoped. How was your honeymoon? <laughs> oh, it was real nice. Uh, we went up to the Columbia River Gorge, um, did a bunch of hiking there. Left right before it caught on fire. I was gonna, I was gonna ask <laughs> if you set up, set up a bunch of fireworks in, uh, in it, celebration of your. We we honor. might have um, yeah, figurative it, fireworks. It depends, if you know what I depends mean. Depends if there was any video evidence. We'll see. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, that that place is supposed to be on fire. Like yeah. I don't know what people are bitching about. Like forests burn. What do you want? I mean, lots of people not to die and lose oh, their houses and stuff, sure. right? I mean, like, you can't... I guess we could do it that way, yeah. You can't blame people for being freaked out that their houses are choked the, with smoke. Yeah, no, and that sucks. <laughs> but, like, this is actually something that... um we shouldn't live there is the thing. Like, humans shouldn't build houses in places that need to burn in order for the forests to not... Like, you're not supposed to have forest fires like this, right? Because you were supposed to have had a bunch of forest small, fires exactly. before that's, now. That's that would exactly what I was going to bring yeah. up. Like, and and I think people who, I don't know, I, I'm kind of talking out of my ass here, but the people who like are in charge of fire safety uh, in the wilderness are now like taking that into account and like allowing con- not not con- I don't think they use the word controlled burns anymore, but prescribed burns. I think is the the uh, the term. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, they don't, if they call them controlled burns and then they lose control of them, exactly. it seems like they're not doing their job right. But if they call them prescribed burns yeah. and then the fire goes nuts, they say, no, nope, this is apparently what the doctor ordered. <laughs> right. right. Dr. God. Um, so, like, it's... He didn't go to four years of medical school. He called <laughs> Mr. God. Mr. God. <laughs> um, the best hike we went on uh, was... Um, place i think it was anianta gorge which is a place that is apparently was apparently like fairly like uh secluded and unknown like 15 years ago but is now overrun by tourists because it's really cool it's like a um a canyon like uh 30 feet wide with a river at the bottom so like you're actually waiting as you go up the canyon oh wow like uh, water was like waist deep when i when we did it uh, i think it gets shallower and deeper did depending you bring on the waders i brought swim trunks okay yeah um, with suspenders? Not not that time. Sometimes, you know, instead of that mesh bag for your balls, uh, swim trunks will have, like old-timey swim trunks will have a little pair of suspenders on the inside. <laughs> for... <laughs> um, Just thinking about how that would work, right? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's, that's... What kind no, of... yeah, let's think more about that. What, where were you, were you wearing? I got, uh, like, water permeable hiking boots. Oh, yeah? Sort of, I, I don't know. They they seemed fine after I hiked in them, so I'm pretty sure it was okay. Huh. After I hiked through water, um, I, I I think I remember reading on like the label that it was okay to go water Wait. in them. Okay. Um, to get into the canyon, you have to actually crawl over a, a log jam, which there were signs all over the place saying not recommended, but apparently no one's ever actually died from this. 
Okay. But I bet a couple people a year like break a, break, break some limbs. Yeah. Well, well I mean, it's hard of- to get over a big. Yeah. pile of logs and trees without breaking some limbs. I <laughs> right. mean, you, you're going to yep. make a path for yourself. Yeah. You know? um, so is it, was it like a, like a beaver dam or was it something that was like, it was a big pile of dead trees. Okay. Like blocking the way past into the, the Canyon, further into the Canyon. Did it make like a little lake on the other side? Uh, there was water. Or, yeah. Like the, what sucked about it was that like, all the best routes over the log jam were slick because people came out of the river and then went across those oh. routes. Hmm. Um, and wow, now that um, now that that place is on fire, I wonder what the fire did to those logs. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, because <laughs> they were wet. They're, no, that's probably they were true. waterlogged. Yeah, that's yeah. right. They were water logs. And then, like, once you get to the end of the canyon, there's this really like awesome like um, waterfall movie class waterfall. Like mm. you would shoot. Like a fairy tale movie scene there. Okay. It does seem. Was there a treasure chest underneath the waterfall? I didn't know. There were some dudes playing over there. I didn't mm-hmm. want to bother them. Something that always strikes me about hikes and stuff like national parks and stuff is that the it seems like by far the nicest waterfalls are the ones that are like physically difficult to get to. Mm. And what is it about? the world and humans that makes that true. Wow. Is it like that a nice waterfall is one that is like, doesn't have a giant parking lot and a bunch of kids pissing in it. it depends like, on and what so, you define as nice waterfalls. Like, so there's like Niagara, Niagara falls. falls. Sure. Obvious exception there where you can just drive to it, but and there are also what Ayasku falls or whatever. And is, it, is that the one that makes you trip balls and have Brazil, diarrhea real bad? So how much Brazil of, how much of your metric for a waterfall quality is like, there's not a bunch of people around yelling. Okay. That's part of it. So sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess rivers tend to in, in, in habitated areas, rivers tend to be large and calm. Mm. Uh, neither of which is also a, a function of the waterfalls that I think of as good. And I think a good waterfall is maybe four feet wide. Like okay. optimal waterfall, yeah. four feet wide. I, I also argue that uh, dramatic changes in height are things uh-huh. that humans yes. have engineered out of the environment in, mo- in most places mm. where they live. Okay. That's, I think, maybe the actual answer to my question. That's interesting. Yeah. Dramatic changes in height are not places where people would settle. Yeah. Or Yeah. Well, unless you're building some sort of cool mountain fortress or something. I guess that's true. Pueblos and stuff. Like, like sure. there, there are definitely exceptions to that. Konigsberg. Is Konigsberg a... Remember when we went to Konigsberg? I don't. I don't remember. think there were any waterfalls. You don't remember going well, to Konigsberg? I do, but I don't remember, like, what you're specifically recognizing. Like, it was dramatic changes. It was built on these cliffs. Like, it was that It was that totally unassailable, mm. except for that one, like, that, like Harvard frat boy in the 20s who shimmied up a rock chimney and right. broke in, like, barefoot and drunk. <laughs> sure. You can't get, you can't break in here unless you're drunk. Well, I think you can't do anything against the law in Germany if you are drunk, right? Like I think everything is legal. Everything is legal when you're drunk. Yeah, yeah it's the <laughs> Bisophina clause. Yeah. Uh, oh no, sorry, Bisophina clause is the guy that brings you presents at Christmas. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking to the uh, waterfall like quality to uh, difficult to reach ratio, um, we also went to a little zigzag. Which I think it was the name of the river, but it also had like a waterfall at the it's end of the, the trail. Name of a drug dealer. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. Um, and the wa- it, the trail was like completely flat, so there was no like not not completely, but like almost no elevation gain. It was basically just a stroll through the woods for like half a mile, 
And then the waterfall at the end was pretty fantastic. So like just walking up to a cliff is pretty good. Yeah. Sure. It's uh, sometimes maybe they just draw a line around it and say, don't fuck this up. Right. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, I guess maybe, you know, there, if, if like Skyrim is any indication, sometimes there'll be a waterfall and you'll like build a mill there. (laughs) Oh, I was thinking about Skyrim, um, while we were getting around that area because we, we were, there were just mountains everywhere and there is, uh, a remarkable sense of scale to seeing something that big in the distance and you're driving towards it and it's not getting any, like, it's not, there's no apparent motion. Right. So like, it is just like, it's like fucking Jupiter in the sky. Like if you were on a, on a Titan or something looking at Jupiter, really like kind of, kind of freaky. Like, uh, and by comparison, like, uh, um, a mountain in Skyrim is, like textured to look like that, but is probably actually only like a thousand scale feet high for like, and so if you can that. reach, if that, and so you yeah. can reach the top of it in a few minutes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it would be awful. If oh yeah. It, it, would was be, it would be real, right? It would be like, terrible gameplay. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you could come up with enough interesting stuff to make it worth spending like 12 hours hiking to the top of a mountain in sure, Skyrim sure. or, you know, like a magic spell that made you run real fast. Yeah. But, yeah, that would suck. That super jump for more. Just use fast travel. Okay. Yeah, just fast travel to the top. I mean, I remember hiking down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon the first time I did it, not when I did it with Kevin, but uh, encountering some kids who were walking from the helicopter pad at the bottom to the campground that was a quarter mile away, complaining about the walk and thinking, Fuck you, kid. <laughs> we just, I mean, that and the down hike is it's theoretically really brutal, easier, but it didn't fuck me up as bad the first time. Uh, as a as a middle aged man doing it, huh. uh, it was rough because it hurts. It hurts like it a hurts bunch of, later. It hurts a bunch of body parts that you don't expect it to. Yeah, yeah. Your calves and your toes it, and it's, stuff. It's less tiring in the moment, but it does yeah, like it messes it, you up. Worse. Yeah. Tops of the thighs was the oh, yeah. biggest, whatever you call that muscle. I don't know. No one knows. Uh, no one has ever, no one has ever figured out what to call that muscle. Uh, okay. Quadri- quadricopter. Quadricopter. Yeah. Yeah. Quadricopter Charlie sounds Cow. like a transformer. Yeah. yeah. Or like a weird dinosaur. Yeah. Or something that ex- accepts four of things. Sure. <laughs> um. Man, what else has happened since the last time we recorded? It's mostly mostly Jim's honeymoon. Yeah, that's that's all that I did. I went and saw It in the movie theater, and it was pretty good. Which, what was it? It was pretty good. <laughs> Third base. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, I I was dubious because I you know Tim Curry played the clown in the original miniseries of It, right. which was I, like. I haven't gone back to it, but I suspect it will suffer from this is a thing I remember from 1990 and it's terrible now syndrome. So I'm not going to, but the movie, it was very, very good. Yeah. I got to say it reveals at the end that it's only the first half of the movie, which is a little weird. So they're going to make a sequel. They are. Well, and it's like also it. It adheres to the book relatively well, and it's only the first half of the book. Wow. Um and it was satisfying and, it was a satisfying place to end the yeah story. the book is very much in like two 
chunks very specific chunks like they are in the book they are threaded together like they're not oh, sequential oh, right. interesting but okay. uh, wait so like i remember the in the book there was like the the two timelines where there was the it was all the characters as kids and then all the characters as is adults. that what, how it's separated here as well it's just the kids the okay. the first movie is just the kids yeah. and then the second movie is going to be just the adults yeah. which i think might be less fun because yeah. a lot of the reason yeah. that this movie was good is because the kids were very very charming yeah well and i remember like um i don't remember what happened exactly but i remember that the like the denouement came together like with both threads at once uh-huh. it, yeah. it like um and it might not work as well to have it like, well, if you remember what happened last time, it's not going to be a, as much of a surprise. The other half of the same reveal. Yeah, but they didn't do that. They didn't do that, which is good for a lot of reasons. Okay. Like, one of which is that it doesn't turn out to just be a big spider <laughs> for no reason. And another one is that there's not like an underage gang. Yeah. Bang. <laughs> the, the, uh, so yeah. the crazy sewer gang. Bang. That's not. That's not really something you can put on film. No. And well, it's not I mean, barely you can, something you can but... put on a book. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. You just uh, I mean, it's not something you can put on film and then, and then tell film. it and then tell anyone about it. Mm. Um man. Uh and you know it like the ending of the book like it wasn't just that, right? Like it's that that's a very reductive way to describe what was actually happening there. And so it's not like okay, it, like it was like a bad choice, but it wasn't like a crazy bad choice, I guess. No, it was crazy bad, but only in <laughs> retrospect. You can understand how Stephen King would have thought, I, I, okay, this is a thing. <laughs> the cocaine has made me believe that this is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, I watched RoboCop on in the theater on Monday, and RoboCop is still real fucking good. The idea of it's pretty good, but I just can't stand the movie. There are two scenes of like real brutal, gory violence. Yeah. I guess there's more than that. Yeah. A lot of bad guys get shot. There's, there's two scenes where someone innocent, uh, gets a lot of bullets in them. They're just squibs, Kevin. Yeah. Mm. It's too much. Yeah. Can't you, do it. you didn't like, uh, Reservoir Dogs either. The same. Yeah. The, the torture scene. scene. Yeah. yeah. Bad. Yeah. I, I saw Robocop when I was way too young to see Robocop. Yep. Same and thing. I remembered it. I remembered not liking it because of that reason, and I, but I didn't remember what it was. And then I saw it again as an adult, and I was like, "Holy shit! Who let me watch this?" <laughs> right? I think I've I saw it in the theater, seen like the when it was TV. in theaters. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah me too. So, I, I mean, I don't. We weren't too young to see that uh, then. I it was. was really. We yeah. were like ten. Yeah, I think that's too uh-huh. young for me. I don't I, know. I, I guess I, like I guess I was really desensitized to violence already. and like stuff like that early, just because my dad was a murderer <laughs> yeah, like, was a cop. yeah well i mean yeah honestly yes because he was a cop like i like i just like oh that's because he know. had like stories and stuff i guess yeah story yeah i mean just listening to him talk to his friend i mean and like just like you know the way that they would unwind after days of like cleaning up fucking bodies from car wrecks and stuff i mean yeah. it just like became a thing that you had to joke about to deal with and so oh it's funny yeah violence is funny when i saw the movie mash i like i i had seen the the sitcom i don't know if it's actually you'd call it a sitcom but like yeah it is it doesn't really convey it's what a situational the point, comedy yeah it doesn't really convey what the point of the movie was which was like 
it was about these Suicide characters that painless. were dealing with like really shitty, like uh, horrible injuries, like in half the scenes of the movie and the other half of the scenes is them blowing off steam. Right. By being huge assholes. Yeah. One of them was played by huge assholes. <laughs> yeah. It's not, but not in the TV show. Right. Only, only radar was in common. <laughs> I've heard that guy's a real asshole. Yeah. Yeah. I, for real. I, I, I believe it. Um, that, yeah. Uh, man, mash the movie. I watched the first half of it like a few mm. months ago, but then I got too tired. The, the M and the A. Yeah. I just watched Ma. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was just watching Mama's family. I'm a big, uh, Vicky Lawrence fan. <laughs> Did you watch a lot of Mama's Family as a kid? Zero Mama's Family. Zero Mama. Oh. What about you, Riff? I watched a fair amount. It was on okay. whatever channel it was on. I tended to, to watch a lot of Nick at Night or wherever it was. You know, sometimes you guys talk about Golden Girls, and mm-hmm. at least I've heard of that. Oh. What is Mama? Is that like a, is that another sitcom? Yeah. Okay. Was, yeah, of the was, same era? Yeah, it was a sitcom related to The Carol Burnett Show. The Carol Burnett Show, yeah. Okay. It had a lot of so Vicky, Vicky Lawrence was, Vicky Lawrence was dressed up as an old woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Conway was like her son or husband. I don't remember. I think she didn't have a husband. I think there, there was no, Papa wasn't he? Was he pretending to be a dwarf? Like a no, he wasn't. He wasn't dwarf. He wasn't dwarfing it up. Okay. No. Uh, yeah, it was just like a sort of a rural, not not exactly rural, like small town Midwestern family comedy. It was. It was. I don't know. Like it didn't. It didn't achieve what Roseanne achieved in terms of like figuring out how to make like middle class America funny, but it was. Because it didn't ever, like, Mama's Family was never about anything the way that Roseanne was about stuff, right? Like, I don't remember there being very many very special episodes of Mama's Family. It was really mm-hmm. more just like a, I don't know, long Saturday Night Live sketch or whatever. All in the Family was another, was that, I'm trying to remember which ones, like, what all, other. Wasn't All in the Family what Archie Bunker turned into? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. So... The other the other day it occurred to me, and this was this is not maybe this is just real obvious, but I was sort of curious as to whether Al Bundy Al Bundy, Bundy yeah. yeah, whether it is a coincidence that Al Bundy has the same initials as Archie Bunker and oh. seems to like sort of occupy the same role. Hmm. That's that's interesting. Except in Married with Children, they made everyone else really despicable as opposed to like and like Al actually sympathetic, which in a lot of ways is kind While of still being despicable, the, too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, like yes. he was a he was a he was a pig, but everyone else was a monster right. in that show. Like there was no there was no one that wasn't like a caricature yeah. of I mean, I guess Bud was just like hapless or whatever. Right. But and, but yeah, I mean, like the other characters in. Archie Bunker were smart and right, and he was the, and like right thinking, yeah. which yeah. It, Married with Children really sort of hostile towards the female characters, yeah, in a lot of ways, and also like t- male characters who were too effeminate or too sensitive, wow. like it, that, yeah, like that na- that neighbor was like a punchline as often as right as that neighbor's wife. There were two iterations of them too, right? There there were there was a different couple to start with. Well they also fucked the, out the daughter the too. Was it was it Christina Applegate and Oh did they? I thought, well, I thought it was always Christina Applegate. Was it? Yeah. Maybe not. I thought there were two for some reason. Um, maybe not. 
Katie Siegel was the real star of that show. Yeah. And of Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that she got to go on to be the, like, sort of everyman, like, audience surrogate in Futurama. Yeah. Like. Agreed. Um, I guess. Do you think? Yeah. I mean, she, I, I feel like she was probably Matt Groening in, in that sense, right? Although I think he had relatively little to do with the actual production of the show. Like, I think he built the characters, but then. Other people wrote it for forever. In the way that Xander is Joss Whedon, maybe? Is he? I think so. Yeah, there's always a character like that in his shows. And it's all, it always feels like it's him. Who is yeah. it in Firefly? Like the doctor? Well, the maybe? pilot is the... D- is Wash. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Just yeah. like a normal guy. Kind yeah, of. and it, it got to the point where like in Dollhouse, the, um, the, uh, the, his, his surrogate has a bunch of like dialogue about how he feels like a creep for telling beautiful women what to do. Huh. Hmm. Um, I never saw a single episode of dollhouse. It, was, was I it liked it a lot. So like there was, it was launched really badly. Um, and if you watched like the first four or five episodes that aired, it was not like, it didn't, it was not really clear why this show existed. Um, but then it sort of, but it, it really like, up. It, yeah, like if you, if you stick with it and, and if you watch it like in the episode order that it, I guess it's probably on Netflix and DVD, I'm guessing. Um, I liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah. I liked where it went with its ideas and it's not like it, if, so the, the reason it looks like a terrible show, uh, in, in the air, initial airing order is that it looks like it's just like, a an anthology show where like you have the same actors playing different roles every episode. I see. Um, but they're being like reprogrammed, right? Yeah. Like, they're having new personalities but, downloaded into them every right. And episode. like the, the, the scenes in the, the dollhouse itself with the workers that are like dealing with all the, the logistics of like sending out these people to do the, the operations. Um, that look, that feels like a frame story, but eventually the frame story like takes over and gets to be the interesting part of the show. And like the, the operations kind of fall by the wayside a little bit. Kind of like an inverse quantum leap. I was just about to say. Yeah. Interesting. Because <laughs> the, the, was there a lot more operations early on and then it became more about the the leaps? I feel like you never, you never, except for like maybe the first episode, you never really even see the... Like the real world? The real world, yeah. I don't, I've only ever seen like maybe two episodes of Quantum Leap. They were, I was into it when I was a kid. Yeah. I like the idea of it. Yeah. Uh and then, then he was in Stargate, right? So he was just constantly jumping from location to location. <laughs> yes, that's true. No, Scott Bakula wasn't in Stargate. Wasn't he? He was in one of the Stargates, I thought. He was he in was a Star in, Trek. He was yeah, the he was, he was the captain in Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah. Oh, was that was that what it was? Yeah. I didn't I didn't watch any of those shows, so I just they all sort of blend together in my head. Does he ever say "Oh boy" in an episode of of Enterprise? Is there like an en- episode <laughs> of Enterprise that you could point to and theorize that that's the one where he's actually Sam Beckett? Oh yeah. Was it was it, it a Richard, oh boy, make was it, it a Richard so. Dean Anderson? Was he in the Stargate? Yeah, it was okay, MacGyver. Was, I, MacGyver, MacGyver went into okay. SG One. Yeah. All right. That was I think that was where I was conflating it. So. God, I've I've lost the name of the guy that played Al. Oh, Riff, you know it. Uh, uh, he's a national treasure. I constantly describe him as a national treasure. treasure. Uh, oh dang. Dean Stockwell. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Done. 
guys, this do you want to? This has been a great reminiscence of TV shows. <laughs> trying to think of the names of actors. Do you want to? Uh, do you want a video games uh, in our video games hot dog? Yeah, that's video games. What? What? Uh, what video games did you go to the Alamo and play? Uh, you know, they have some arcade cabinets at the Alamo, yeah. but they're all. I don't know. They're all games I don't that care I can, about. I can play whenever I want. Do they have? They have some pinball. They do. Games. They do have some very good pinball machines there. They have a new Jersey Jack um, uh, Wizard of Oz pinball, which is a super fun huh. pinball machine. Okay. It's got it's got the thing that I like about uh, – I haven't actually played it in the last oh. week, but I've played a bunch of it in the last few months. Uh, it's got the thing that I really like about my uh, Champion Pub pinball machine, which is that in the it's upper – It's incredibly racist. In the upper <laughs> – yeah, it's super racist. That's, that's one thing. Um, in the upper corners, there are two little miniature – mini game pinball tables okay built into the the kind of unused space around the orbits um hmm. it's interesting that that happened it's interesting that there is wasted space in the corners of pinball machines because of the way modern pinball design <laughs> happened most of modern pinball designed by that guy who just got arrested for having a bunch of child porn oh yeah um, which was really just the 90s it miniseries <laughs> The true to the book cut. <laughs> it aired on CBS exactly once, like the uh, Michael Jackson black or white video. Was, anyway. do, you, do you remember the black or white video that ended with Michael Jackson like destroying a car and then I turning do. into a puma? Yeah. It was it went, that, the car thing went on for a really long time, yeah. as I recall. Yeah. yeah, it was like, man, you are really bad at Street Fighter Two. <laughs> like. It is taking you for fucking ever to destroy this car. It's only because you're a celebrity that they're giving you this much time. <laughs> um, so I played uh, I, I played two video games oh, yes. that, I, that I wrote down downstairs, uh -huh. and now I'm having a hard time remembering what they are. And I'm not. Uh, one is that I played uh, a few hours of Tyranny, which is a game that I had on my wish list and then bought it when it went on sale for 50% off recently because I'm what part of the problem. kind of game is it? It is in the new, whatever they call the new version of the Infinity Engine that they made for Pillars of Eternity. Okay. Um, is that a thing that they're licensing out? I think they might have made it. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but it is... I, I think maybe isn't Wasteland 2 also in... I thought so. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's a different engine. I don't know. I get I get all of the like old Kickstarters mixed up. Right. Um, I mean, Wasteland Two is turn based, and all of the Infinity Engine games are like real time with pause. So Tyranny is a game where the setting is this fantasy continent with magic and stuff, and it is like the like the Sauron character has taken over all of it except this one tiny peninsula. And you are the like proxy that he has sent to figure out why his armies have been unable to, to take over this peninsula. So, so you, like, you are working guy. for the bad guy. Cool. And it is uh, the, it, it's so far it's been what, like I put it on a, it had four difficulty levels and it was basically like, how much attention do you want to have to pay during combat? And I was like, uh, not none, but not much, right? Some so, of the, like, the second of four levels, which has been fine, actually. Like, it's interesting, and you have to be kind of strategic, but you can get away with just letting all of your partner characters, like, use AI to determine their moves and stuff. It's got a lot of the, like... 
I was not surprised to find out that Gary Butterfield liked this game a lot because it's real New Vegasy, and it's like, hey, here's a bunch of assholes. Like, which which of these assholes do you disagree with the least? Right. Um, you're you're immediately like, there's basically these two different factions of the of the army that are sort of like, kind of like populist fascists and eugenicist fascists like it, it's th- yeah. there's one that are like like no we need like we need very specific very highly trained soldiers who are very very powerful individually and the other one is like when we take over a town instead of just murdering the people who were in the militia we let them join the army if they want and so it's just like this kind of like rabble militia and you are constantly having to adjudicate conflicts between those two groups and sort of like you learn that them not being able to get their shit together to work together is why the resistance in this last little country has been able to stop them from moving forward. Um, so far, and this is the thing that I think makes it so generally speaking, I'm not loving this. I've not fought anything that was not a person like okay. you are just killing people and people and people and people and people and people all the time like, are you are you still working for the bad guy to take over the console? yeah you are and i don't know i like i don't know what options you have to not do that like it it, it seems like you 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 have certain ways that you can minimize the casualties like of civilians and stuff. But in my experience, it never works. And I don't uh-huh. know if that's just because I fucked something like I fucked up something that I didn't understand was a real serious choice in the beginning. So now no one trusts me. Interesting. Uh, or, or what the deal is like, it's, I don't know. It, it, it it's a bunch of like really kind of like, not linear exactly because you get choices about where to go. It's, it's definitely not like open world. It's like, you've got a, you've got a node graph that is the map and you can like choose to go investigate this thing or choose to go investigate this thing. And each of them is like a pretty constrained scenario. I see. Um, it seems like there's a lot of combat that you just can't avoid. I mean, you could, there's this kind of a stealth system that I don't use because it makes you walk way too slow, which is, just stealth in RPGs. Right. Um, which might allow you to kind of get through stuff without, it definitely doesn't have the like planescape torment level of this lets me just avoid not combat fight entirely. if I want to. Yeah. Uh, or that I, I guess what I meant was torment tides of Numenera also. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I've had fun with it so far, but I'm not, excited to go back and kill a bunch of dudes the way that I would be excited to go back and like find another dungeon and get the amulet that's in the bottom of it. Also the, the gear in the game has like so many stats and enchantments on it that it is very, very difficult to evaluate whether a thing is better than another thing or not, for me at least. And so it just makes it so, well, this is all garbage. Like, I just don't, like, I really want a hat that says plus one farts, and then when I find another hat later, it says plus two farts, so I know I should wear that one instead of the first one. Right. Right, which is kind of why I make 
bad RPGs. <laughs> it's so that they will have that instead of a bunch of nuance and in the burp, combat. But you mean burps. In the combat system, yeah. I do mean burps and not farts. Yeah. What Riff wants is a hat that says plus one farts. Uh-huh. Right. And, and, fuck a, and to fuck a monkey. And then I have to come in and be like, actually, it's plus one fart and plus two farts. We need to fix this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I also played and was just... I, I, I somewhat unexpectedly, but absolutely delighted by was uh, Sunless Skies. The oh, alpha yeah. went out to Kickstarter backers and it is like, hey, this is what I wished Sunless Sea had been, which was an opportunity to play a briskly paced game hmm. that has not. Well, OK, let's say briskly is relative, but still, that was all it needed. Uh yeah, you're in a space locomotive and you're going around to space islands and having uh, somewhat less like story nexus engine constrained interactions with things. It the okay. the the UI feels way more like a menu and conversation system than it feels like a fallen London okay. encounter, which is to me way more comprehensible. Would you, um, was Sunless Sea less like that? Yeah, Sunless Sea, I still, I feel like everything was still the same kind of thing. Like everything is a card. Yeah. Right. And this just like lets you have some stats, which are just like numbers in a sidebar. They're not like mixed in with all of the. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like that's all that is is UI. It is just UI. Just, yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, Story Nexus committed to its bit. And that was, I think, probably one of its strengths mm. but it made it it made it difficult to present i think the weakness there if i had to pick one out is that story nexus made it easy to present pretty complicated things to the player but difficult to present very simple things to the player and this just sort of doesn't end run around this by not insisting that everything be uh, the same right um but yeah it's real cool the yeah i'm mu- looking the, forward to that the music is really good the writing is is still real good and uh i the- forgot about sunless sea i forgot i love that game i i haven't thought about it in like a year but i kind of want to release an expansion less than a year ago that really you might, yeah um, I think you have to get further into the game than i ever managed to to buy the submarine but then there's a whole like you're underwater that's real cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to continuing to play that and seeing the, you know, the future acts as they go. I think you can actually just buy it in early access now. Cool. Um, and man, speaking of which, Alexis Kennedy's, uh, Culta Simulator Kickstarter has gone crazy. Oh yeah. It's oh, yeah? like doing well. It's like, yeah, it's like many X funded at this point. Awesome. Yeah. What, um, do we know what that is? I've, I played a prototype of it. Mm. It's what he set out to like, it's doodle God basically, uh, really? but it's doodle God with a plot. That's potentially good. Cause like yeah. I enjoyed the first hour of doodle God. Yeah. yeah. But then it, the possibility of space gets way too large and un- unwieldy. And if the, if they like take that into consideration. Yeah. And I, I think, think so good. it's like, you've got things like you start at, you start out with like a thing that represents your health and a thing that represents your sanity and a thing that represents your money and a thing that represents 
Maybe it's just those three things. Uh, and you drag one of them onto an action. Like you have other things that represent actions that you can do. And it's like explore using sanity. And like you'll get like, oh, this is a dream about an unknown realm. And then like you can then combine that with explore a dream about an unknown realm. Like, you know, you can explore using your health and you go for a stroll and you unlock a bookstore downtown. So, hmm. you know, study using a bookstore downtown or like use money on a bookstore downtown and it creates a book that you can then you know, explore That's or dream fascinating. about. Yeah, yeah. It's it like I think I think it's like the main the main thing that I that I think like could have used some improvement in the prototype that I played was and I think that like you can just get that on itch. <laughs> like I think he like if you just look at his blog, you can find a link to where you can play that. Um it was a little like timer dependent, like certain actions take four minutes or whatever and i was like yeah this is a single like right this is a single player game not let's like a, a free-to-play game like let's not do this and i and i think like that's probably addressed in the new one like i think now that he's decided this is just going to be a thing that you buy and he got funding for it um and also the the ui was rough because i think he just like kind of whipped it together himself and maybe right. he did the art maybe even like it was it was a very like it was like, oh, this is an enthusiast project made by a professional, a, like a talented but, person. Yeah, like a yeah. like a talented a talented person who is not necessarily all that great at all of the disciplines that were required to make this. But like, yeah, that's cool. You know, like yeah, he's got that just kind of like polymath thing where he's like just just good enough at doing all of the stuff to get. You know, I mean, I like I feel like he kind of started Fallen in London the way I started KOL, which was like, okay, this is just like, and then like was able to like hire up. You know, he was able to hire shoring up his weaknesses. Um, right. But yeah, the, the, the screenshots and videos from the Kickstarter make it look like it's really like nice and elegant and tight in appearance. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm stoked about that. I have not like played any kind of new version of it, but, um, and he also has like, this, this is another, like, just thing that is interesting to me about it. His stretch goals were, n like, basically nothing. He was like, all right, this, if, for, if we go, like, 4,000 pounds past this, I will make my girlfriend an especially nice cup of tea. And, like, <laughs> if we go double that, I will buy this giant gummy worm that my daughter wants from the candy store. And it's just stuff that is, like, like, look, I don't, I'm not going to quadruple right. the scope of this game just because over, a lot of people sells. want it. Yeah, yeah. Like, because that's a terrible idea and he understands that. That's yeah, great. It's very good. And then that gets picked up by a bunch of press, right? It's like, it's like just random things like that that are like, oh, you know what? I bet it took, I bet it took him 30 seconds to make that Kickstarter tier and then maybe another minute to make the cup of tea. Yeah. Maybe it takes more than a minute to make a good cup of tea. I don't know. I'm American. We drink coffee. <laughs> well, we drink something that we call coffee <laughs> and the rest of the world makes fun of. <laughs> it, it, it's weird what people pick up on. Like when I was doing the, the Frog Fractions 2 Kickstarter, this was actually a joke that Duncan made. Duncan Robson made like in the room. And I said, I'm going to tweet that. And I tweeted it. And it was it was the one it was the joke. uh Stretch goal of buying Oculus back from Facebook, right? <laughs> and just got a ton of like I think it's still my most retweeted tweet. That's awesome. Yeah, 
Thanks, Duncan. It's why it's important to do every idiotic thing that you yep. think of immediately. Yeah. Is because you never know what is going to be the one that I would say the internet that, latches like, onto. Half of the things that people picked up on for West of Loathing were done in the in the last week of development, and the other half were things that like had been good and solid from the start. Right. Yeah. Stupid walking was there from the beginning. Good, bad, and ugly as the graphic settings. Very totally end. last minute. The colorblind option was literal last five minute. seconds of work the day before it launched. Yeah. Because I like, <laughs> oh right. This is just a text file yeah. with options menu options in it. Uh, like, I, I, one of you made a joke about slider length slider. And that <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that was a, that was in another game, wasn't? Was it? No, it was options. Yeah, in Slay in Slayaway Camp, it had the options, the just the options slider, yeah. which revealed more options as right. you move the slider over. But yeah, the slider link slider seems like something that we would have. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you minimize that, can you ever? Make oh yeah, it you're again? stuck. Yeah, okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's just a slider that starts out maximized and, and then just and gets caps. as you yeah. get yeah as you get smaller. Yeah. It's, yeah. I thought maybe it started in the middle and it was always in the middle no matter how far you did. Oh, that's, that's, that's another way to do that's it. A, yeah. That's more that's a, fun that's to play Zeno. with, but it's that's a, a Xeno version of it. Yeah. Thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jim? Do you play any video games? Uh, I played um, Sonic Mania. Would uh, you explain to I like it's all over podcasts, but I don't know anything about Sonic or what that is. So what's the basics of that? So did you play any of the uh, Genesis Sonics? No, okay. I only played Sonic Dreams Collective. That is the okay. that is a hundred percent of my exposure uh, to the so Sonic like series. The the Sonic games uh, in in the early nineties were shitty Mario. They were plat. They were a platformer where like the level design was really chaotic and you moved really fast, but it felt like it was it felt cool because you were like really be, being really kinetic and jumping around and like going around loops and spirals and were there, there and, and there were like usually, paths and stuff uh, right it usually wasn't really about that like oh. there there's probably a best way to speed run it but like okay. it was just a situation where like um sometimes you're challenged but most of the time you could just trust the, the level designer like yeah you want to go fast you can go fast this way you know you and whatever you do you're pretty much going to like keep going fast and that's kind of the gist of Sonic. And the places where it gets hard are kind of like the shitty parts. Like mm-hmm. where you get stuck underwater and drown because the movement mechanics are terrible while you're underwater. Like why do those parts even exist? Um, and this is a basic, like, so I, I played six levels. Uh, it, it, so there were, th- I played three acts, each divided into two levels, and each of them were of the format of like, Part A, or wait, God, how was it structured? Anyway, like part A of Act One, I'm just going to call it that, was just Green Hill Zone, the first level of Sonic One. It was just a remake of that. And, and like, not even like any, as far as I could tell, there weren't actually any changes except to like, you could do the spin dash from Sonic Two. So that's kind of neat that you can do that in Green Hill Zone. Um, and then part B of Act One, uh, was like a remixed Green Hill Zone with a bunch of like, of of new features and new level design and like just let's explore these ideas more and then it kept doing that like act uh two was act two part a was just a chemical plant zone from sonic 2 and were those two the, those two levels like the favorite levels of those games uh, those were definitely like some of the some of the those? yeah they were probably the iconic levels okay. from those two games um and then part b was uh, a remixed version of that where like it it 
add some new mechanics. Um, one interesting thing it did was that it like it, the boss fight in that act was um, uh, you start playing. Uh, I forgot. I think it was columns. It was, you start playing like versus like one of the falling block match right. match games versus Eggman. Okay. Um, and I didn't think I was doing very well, but apparently Eggman is really bad at this game, so I won the boss fight. Okay. Um, and I'm presuming that keeps happening because that was like like a highlight. So why wouldn't they do more of that stuff? So just it's, more weird boss fight mechanics. Yeah. And then the the third act that I played, I don't remember. It might have actually been new, but I don't. I think it was like my guess is that it's from an old Sonic game, and then the remix in the second half. Hmm. And you know it's it's like what, what is the game called again? Sonic Sonic Mania. Mania. And I would say it's probably the best Sonic game I've played, which is to say like seven out of ten. Okay. Um, I played um, what's it called? Of uh, the the, it might be seven words, but I think it's like seven simple words or seven little words. Okay. By the uh, team that made Red Herring. Okay. Um, and how does that game work? Uh, it is a game where you get, uh, uh, for each puzzle, you get seven crossword puzzle style clues. Okay. So like you get like a short phrase or word, um, and then the number of letters in the word. And what you're presented with, um, is a bunch of word fragments in a grid. And, uh, you tap them in in order to construct one of, to construct a word. Okay. Once you've constructed one of the words in the, uh, that is the answer to one of the clues, those, those, uh, word fragments vanish from the board. Okay. So once you've constructed all seven words, you've, you've cleared the board. And that's the whole thing. Like, that's, uh, it's, it's pretty compelling. Like, if you're into crossword puzzle, which I apparently now am. Right. Into crossword puzzle style stuff. Is this the clue mode of type shift that you're talking about? This or is, a different uh, game? Seven Little Words oh. by whoever it was who made Red Herring. Oh. Uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. I've been playing it with April. I was in the bathroom. It's cool. She didn't want to hear about Sonic. Well, I'll, I'm going to listen to this later when I edit it. <laughs> yeah, he didn't, he didn't want to hear about Sonic twice. <laughs> <laughs> and who would? Hmm. Dr. Uh, Egbert? Yeah, that's, Dr. That, that's his name. Yep. Robotman? Uh, Eggbot? Egg Dizzy the Adventurer. Um, and I played a bunch of more West of Loathing. Oh. Yeah, I finished it on hard mode. Oh, wow. Whoa. Um, that's a lot more. Okay, that's surprising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that doesn't seem like your kind of thing at all. Uh, it was just like I decided to try like engaging more with the systems. Huh. And that was the way, the way to do that. <laughs> no, it worked pretty well. Like It was like... It, what it ended up being was, and, and I did, I don't know if this was planned or not. What it ended up being was like at the beginning of the game, you just can't win any fights. That's, that's about the right. So you have to find non-combat ways to advance. Um, and that was interesting. And then like once I'd like powered up like crazy, like I, I, I reached San Francisco and like didn't want to start the end game until I had found a crown. Right. And we made that much harder. You did. Um, but just with the one price tweak, right? No, there's, you can't get the, you can, there's one crown you can't get in hard mode. Okay. Um, cause I had like, I, I'm just going to go plate the turnip. Right. Um, is that the gold one that you just can't get? I'd... No, the gold one you can get. No. Oh. You can't get the necromancer crown. Oh. It just crashed. It just, it crashes. <laughs> <laughs> the game crashes. Wow. That's pretty clever. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> uh, that wouldn't like I wouldn't expect that to be uh easier. Like I think it's it easy. Depends. It's way easier to get without fighting. Yeah. Because okay. if you get all the necromancer skills, you can right. just climb yeah. up the tower, basically. Yeah. Because I, I I did that one one of my I think on my previous playthrough, but um, I remember it like. I I kept you know reading the the next mechs books just because like I'm fucking I'm I'm embedded now but it yeah. kept doing really bad shit to me <laughs> yeah um uh and so like I one of our I, one of our bad Steam reviews is somebody got one of the like bad perks and was like well this just fucked over my whole character so screw you guys and they had like nine hours played and I was like wow geez I'm sorry that- yeah well, I mean one of them isn't like well like, like the, the, they had built a an enti- like their their entire build had been like around like melee yeah. fighting and they got that like minus 25 melee damage perk or whatever oh is that like is that per- determined per book i assumed they happen in an order they, they happen, happen in an order, order. okay yeah. so they had they'd gotten pretty deep into the tree okay yeah that's that's he, he knew what he was ha- was he was getting well into i mean that's that that's arguable like okay. clearly clearly not all right, all right. Because it ruined their day. Yeah. So. Uh, and then, like, tw- at the end of the game, once I've powered up a bunch, then I was able to play the combat basically as you normally do, which is that it's pretty easy. Right. Um, But that was, like, really late. That was, like, on the day I drank the lemonade and had a bunch of, like, oh, wow. late game items. I think they had, like, the, the big diamond ring and things like that. Yeah, because, that, like, that, if you especially if you get all that stuff you're way overpowered even for the hard- hardest levels of right enemies. yeah like we didn't make it scale yeah, arbitrarily yeah. high uh, but yeah it was it was like a really neat like after i realized i couldn't just play the turnip i was like okay well what do i do now and so i started like ostensibly like i'll just make enough money to play the turnip and just ended up exhausting the content in the game basically by doing that huh. That's um great. i don't think i literally exhausted the content there's still a bunch of stuff that is mysterious to me but um yeah, like good job, guys. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, like there were a few things that I so one no inventory limit, fantastic. Why do Fallout games have that? It's a terrible idea. Um, well, so it causes some problems. Yeah, it creates real performance issues. That is, if you our number get one a ton of yeah, that items. is our number does one. Does it like, really? Yeah, yeah. Because of, especially like, on, rendering all that stuff into memory before like going into a shop or when you I mean, just even loading your inventory. Yeah, is the game gets real okay. sluggish. Maybe I haven't been playing enough. Well, because we, like, well, we also during beta testing, we removed a lot of sources of infinite items specifically mm. to it. We made a bunch of stuff stackable because like stacks of stuff yeah. don't. It's not it doesn't matter. It's just the unique right. items. So like, yeah. we 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 tried to limit that as much as possible. We get rid of we aggressively get rid of quest items that are no longer after valuable. making Kingdom of Loathing with infinite inventory. I think we said at some point we're never making a game again with unlimited inventory and, and then, then immediately we did immediately it. Made <laughs> yeah. Well no, Word Realm said limited inventory. Yeah, that you, was probably why it was why it didn't sell. Right. <laughs> our success is related directly to our inventory, to our inventory size. Limit, yeah. Unlimited inventory, unlimited money. Limited yep. inventory, limited appeal. That's what that's what that's my what, grandma always said. Yeah. And the other thing um, that occurred to me as being like kind of important is that um, you can't like you can't save and restore, so decisions actually feel meaningful. Yeah, that not was without, a, not without editing your save files. Right, yeah. that was a thing that I wanted to do just for. Well, I guess I wanted it for both the no, this is just your character, and the things that you do are the things that happens to him, but also or to her, but also. Because we didn't want to 
deal with the UI of saving and loading. Like we did, oh, like sure. if yeah. you, if you suddenly make it so the player decides when to save and load, then you have to make a bunch of ancillary decisions about, well, when do I auto save? Like yeah. when do I, like we aggressively auto save? Well. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah we auto save like every time a script runs, I think. It's not quite not. that it's much. Like, well, it's actually, it's pretty close to that. Yeah. It's, uh, anytime, anytime anything meaningfully changes. Yeah. Uh, which actually, is probably one of the reasons that we have so many relatively high, uh, like save file corruption problems. Oh, like, interesting. It's it's still like less than one percent of players in, encounter it ever, but it's high enough where it's a, a problem. And it's just, yeah. Do you have like proce- procedures in in place to, to handle that, or is it just like that character's gone now? We have two. Th- well, so at first when we launched the game, we didn't, and so there was like that first couple of days where. Like every now and then somebody would hit it and then they would just lose the character and it sucked. Yeah. Uh, and so now we create a back. We yeah. There's like backup rolling, save file, rolling save backups like, that. like every 30 minutes, every 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So like, and if so, somebody, if it happens to somebody, we can say, all right, okay. So go into this directory and mm-hmm. rename this file to this. And yeah. Then they, yeah. They, they, it, and we think we know why it's happening and are probably going to be able to fix it in the next patch, but we're not. It's, it's because we have never been able to actually reproduce it ourselves. It's only like. It's just like speculation. Yeah, speculative bug fixes. Yeah, I hate that. So, Um, But yeah, I mean, we were worried that it was going to be controversial to like not let you save. But then like single complaint about it. No, no one has said anything about it. There's definitely people in the the scene forums who are like, I want to do this thing. And I was like, well, if you want to, then here's how to do that on your own. You just copy the save file. You can save like a NetHack, you know, by copying this file. Right. And that's, I mean, that seems to be appease people. If the, I just, I like not having to worry about it. Like I liked in Bioshock Infinite that I never had to think about that. Yeah. You know, like it's. But then they did go through the trouble of like making sure it worked when you did try to manually save. Did they? I thought they didn't. Sh- I just thought you couldn't. I, well, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure you could manually save and feel. Mm. The- Fill up your hard drive. Only, and the, I mean, the other thing that about West of Loathing is that you really can't ever screw yourself, right? Yeah. So, like, you can, I mean, the worst, you, you, you can in, lose in, some, in like, the small things you can lock yourself out in of. In the like, small scale, you can screw yourself. Like, the biggest thing that happened to me was getting locked out of the circus. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I guess, and so our, my That is a thing that makes people sad. The, the content that you can deliberately lock yourself out of is less than the content that you lock yourself out of by making choices in the prologue. Yeah. So we don't think of it as being that big of a deal, but I guess in the you moment for it. a person, you realize that you've locked yourself out of something. And so that yeah. sucks yeah. as but opposed like, to just I, that I, thing is never there. And the I first still place. think that's like, I, th- I think that's probably a good thing. Like, I, for, you I, know, for middle aged video gamers, Certainly, right? Yeah. Like you didn't mind having to write some shit down while you were playing either. Right. But it's a question of whether, like, how yeah. hard do we want to push that agenda? Yeah, yeah. And it's like we've tended to err on the side of like, eh, let's make this less cruel, right? You know, when we've adjusted things. Yeah, agreed. And and I think that's the right thing to do. Having just a few meaningful, really meaningful decisions, though, I think makes a big difference. Yep. Yeah, that's why tyranny is so confusing. Because everything I never understand the consequences of any actions that I'm taking. Tyranny will remember that. <laughs> how uh, how about you, Riff? Have you been playing anything? Uh, uh, let's see. One thing I've been messing around with. Let me see. Let me bring this up so I can tell you the name of it. It's uh, the guide's axiom, or possibly axiom colon the guides. It's not clear. Oh yeah. 
Is that another game by the guides, folks? I I assume so. It's like a, 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 a iPad app a puzzle puzzle hunt kind of thing. Does it have a companion app? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's like every every screen is uh, a puzzle or an image or something that you can derive a code word from, and then there's a little text entry field to put that right. in and if you write it it unlocks another page and as you go through it unlocks more tools that you can use to solve these like the first one is a uh, a binary translator and uh, and things like that and it's interesting i got i got stuck pretty early on well i guess maybe a third of the way through what is available now um they're apparently uh, updating it progressively there's like a ton of in in like the the sort of map that it shows you that like the list of all the available puzzles there's a lot of placeholder blanks and there are a few like uh puzzle threads that i went down and got to a this page is intentionally left blank come back later message so let me just clarify. This is so you played the original The Guides. I believe yes? I did. I don't really remember it very well. Okay. So this, but this is definitely a different game. This, than this, that, right? this is because it sounds exactly the same. Thing. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, what I remember of the original Guides, yeah, was very similar to this. But this, this is a new thing. Okay, that's cool. There should be a name for this genre so that you don't have to constantly say not it's prawn. like not yeah. prawn. Yeah. yeah, like sequential puzzle. Extravaganzas, yeah, yeah SPEs. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty cool. the The other thing I've uh, game related thing I've mainly been doing isn't really so much uh, playing a game as watching it. But in the uh, the recent sort of mini SGDQ that they set up for Hurricane Relief, um, their two guys did a uh, a race of a uh, Zelda Link to the Past randomizer, which it's like a web tool you can get that it'll it'll pack up a uh, a, 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 a a ROM file of uh, Link be- uh, Link to the Past. I almost said Link Between Worlds. Uh, it'll pack up a ROM file of Link to the Past with the contents of every chest and everywhere else that you can get an item, like the item that you buy from King Zora or the bottle that you buy from the bottle merchant. It shuffles all of that. Oh, Jesus. And and so and so p- there's like a community of people that do races where both both guys get the same seed, but they don't get hmm. to play it in advance. So yeah, so, that stuff's uh, great. Yeah, it's super cool because it's. I mean, it's it's still Zelda, so they apply the same uh, speedrunning tactics, but y- you can't do the normal route because you're going to get the different tools in the different order and not know. And they probably don't know where, where things are. Yeah, they don't know where things are because they don't have any advance warning of what what the seed right is doing are, to them. So surely it is built so that it doesn't create an right, unsolvable. Right. Yeah, it, right. it definitely okay. does. So and so there's d- things like uh like there'll be like a, a decision point where the runner will will be saying, I I have the tools that I can go do either dungeon X or dungeon Y. Dungeon Y has four chests in it, not not counting <laughs> the small keys that you need to to collect to finish the dungeon. Dungeon X has six chests in it, but it's going to take me longer to get there. 
And so, huh. so and yeah, and you get like really exciting races where the when the guys make different decisions. Uh, there, there is one that I think I linked on Twitter where the the two racers did uh, really divergent paths, but then reconvened at the end for the run up to the the final boss fight and were like within like two frames of each other. Uh, time wise on the run up are they able to watch each other no they have no idea okay. what the other guy is doing That's, until it would almost until be somebody's declared winner interesting if they could yeah. though like if you were able to learn stuff by watching the other person do stuff I learned it from watching you yeah. <laughs> you I already talked about playing Zelda randomizer on this podcast right yeah I think so I think so yeah, yeah. so yeah it's That's... it's super there's there's if you google for it there's like a a uh, 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 YouTube playlist of like more than 200 of these races because they did a massive Jeez. they did a massive tournament recently, and so yeah. there's like probably like a good 50 or 100 races that are just like the the sort of initial eliminations before they actually start the bracket, and then the brackets are like best two out of three. Did you guys watch a uh, boiler? Binding yeah, of Isaac League I Racing. Watch that. that was pretty cool. Yeah, I really en- I don't know what happened to that. It was only like they only did it with uh I don't think it's continued with the uh, remake. Right. Uh but I, I really enjoyed watching that. And it was a reasonably well designed competition if as I remember. Mm-hmm. And they had to do some kind of third party like Froslunky style thing to get them seeded the same, right? Cuz uh, I, I know they I, didn't I, add I, seeds until the remake. I don't think they I mean the, the way they handled the way they balanced that was just by doing like yeah, best 2 out of 3 and you can restart anytime you want. So, oh, like, they they weren't playing with the same seed. They oh, were right. just yeah, each yeah. started a game and were racing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. And so there was luck involved, but like with it, it was fairly evened out by like the ability to restart and the and just you have to win two out of three races. I think it worked pretty well. The other thing that came to mind when you started talking about that riff was um, I can't remember. I don't. I think this was released. Uh, Andy McClure was talking about playing a um, like semi co-op version of Link to the Past. Where, like, the way they handled the co-op aspect was you shared uh, an item pool. So, like, only, like, what items you had collected so far was persisted across the network. Hmm. So, like, um, one of you could run to get one item across the map and one of you could get the other. And then you both get the item when the other one does. Oh, that's mm-hmm. neat. Yeah. So, it was, like, a a way to um, – it. you're not in – you're not, like – you never actually see the other person, but you are like, sh- you have shared goals and you're in the, sh- in sort of a shared world. It reminded me a little bit of like playing, um, Super Mario World in two player mode where like one player is on one side of the map, the other player is on the other side of the map. And you're not playing at the same time, but it's almost like you're simultaneously tacking, tackling these two levels. Hmm. Oh, because you can, do they stay unlocked for everybody when you unlock yeah. them? Okay, that's cool. Yeah. I don't think I ever played Super Mario World 2 player. Yeah, it, it it feels better than like, I don't know if you had that experience where like if you play Super Mario Brothers 3 co-op and like one of you unlocks the special, like like the special house with the item in it and then the other person gets it because they go next. Right. Which is always like, it felt oh, like huh. a, it felt like a pr- kind of an unbalanced uh, way to do that. Why doesn't somebody hack... Super Mario World to be simultaneous two-player. Because, like, on an emulator on widescreen, you could do two 4x3s relatively small. I feel like I've or seen... you can have them on the same screen. 
I don't know if a, you could do a ROM hack to do that. I bet you could. I bet that someone's done it. But like, I know I've seen, um, someone did a remake, a four player remake of Super Mario Brothers, the first one, hmm. uh, with a, with where everybody has portal guns. <laughs> so just like, it's complete chaos. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, Riff was talking about iPads. I forgot something else that I uh, played at PAX uh, and have played a bunch since oh, yeah. then because I got I I uh, got a copy of it. From, it's not out yet, but I got a copy of it from the people that are working on it. Is uh, Tiny Bubbles? I don't remember if I talked about it on the podcast or not, but it is it is a very simple like color matching puzzle game overlaid on a really nice soap bubble physics simulation hmm. where you your move is just to tap and when you get a sequence you get like a cue of colors that you're painting with and you tap at a bubble and it fills the bubble with that color ink or you can tap a bubble that's the same color to make it bigger or tap a bubble that's a different color to mix the colors and then sometimes your move is a scissors which lets you pop one either membrane between two bubbles which then causes their colors to mix and their volume to to reform uh it's really really good like i have been just playing 20 minutes of it here and there and it's just very very polished and very high production value and very like relaxing the phone game to play it's on i've been playing it on ipad mm-hmm. i imagine it's on i imagine you could run it on a phone too um but yeah, no, it was in the, it was in the PAX 10 and it was also in the Indie Mega booth, same as same as us. Um and it's real good and everyone should buy it when it comes out. I have no idea if it costs money or not. <laughs> <laughs> and probably neither do they at this point. Uh, I mean, it, there's got to be some way to give them compensation, right? There's you can there's hints that you can spend some kind of tickets on. I see. Um The one time I got stuck on a puzzle level and needed hints the hints told you what to do, but not the timing of it. And the timing ended up being a kind of a tricky element of uh, what I needed doing. So it's a little, I thought I had run into a bug and I was like, Oh, I should tell these people about this because that would, that would make me a valuable beta tester instead of a shitty freeloader. <laughs> was a shitty freeloader, a web comic for, that was a joke about sluggy, sluggy freelance. Yeah. Oh. It's, I, was, um, I was, that was mostly there. Right. I was trying to figure out a way to make a freelancer, Oh, like Privateer? Yeah. yeah. So have you been playing Freelancer or Privateer or other games? I have uh, basically been playing one game uh, that has sort of taken over all of my uh, free time. And I took some I took some time off for like the first time in months. Good. And it was great. Uh, and I played a bunch of Breath of the Wild. Oh, nice. Because I got a Switch uh, and, and it's just great. I love the Switch. I love Breath of the Wild. <laughs> um. Yeah, I've, I mean, I'm not very far in it yet. I think I've, I've gone to like 20 shrines or whatever and found 40, you know, Korok seeds, but I just love wandering around the world and finding all the little sort of puzzle interactions and fighting with sort of arcade style combat and managing an inventory and cooking stuff. (laughs) It's just every system that they, they create. I'm like, excited about it i was a little annoyed about the camera because i was like ah, god i wish i'd had just had this from the beginning because now i kind of have to go back mm. and think about all the things that i've seen and stuff but that was the only that's the only sort of design choice that i've 
been like, ah, this is not, this would have been better to just have from the, the get go. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe they were trying to save you from thinking you should photograph everything. Well, but they specifically say you should photograph everything. Yeah. Oh shit. And they make a catalog. They give you yeah, like a yeah. list of things. There's, Maybe there's they a didn't mean literally everything. Get all of them. I don't know what the. Oh, is, is there really? Yeah. How do you know? How does anybody know? Is, is there a get checklist? There's just, it's just a checklist. There's a there's yeah. blank slots for everything in the game. Does it tell you what it is? No. Uh, if you want to find no. out what it is, you, they will sell you information. Although they might just sell you a photo. Yeah, actually, I think so you they don't even do have to go sell, get it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like there, you get there once you get down to the last ten or twenty. So yeah. So they'll they'll sell you a photo. See, and that's the thing, like, that's the, the missable stuff. Like, you don't even know, like, they don't, as designers, know when you get that thing. So, like, it seemed irresponsible of them to, to from my point of view, to, for them to not give it to you r- right away so that you can figure this stuff out. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, just, I mean, and, but it also reinforced that, like, this whole, the, the whole tablet thing is just, is literally just a cell phone. Yeah. yeah. With some magic yeah. powers. <laughs> I was like, what? what? Like... Are, were they afraid that they wouldn't be appealing to the youth because they wouldn't have their little phone tablet or whatever? Like, wh- wh- no, what well, was... no, they are the youth. The people making it are the ones they're trying to appeal to because they all have. Okay. Yeah. So they're just trying to recreate their daily lives. The next yeah. Zelda, your main uh, UI thing is going to be a fidget spinner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still have yet to interact with a fidget spinner. They're pretty fun yeah you yeah. feel they feel good they're pretty satisfying it's like a you know i mean avocado toast tastes good and uh-huh. i hate owning houses right <laughs> yeah so that's that's basically all i've been playing it's it's great i hate uh i hate rain mm-hmm. uh because it's really annoying when i want to just climb something and it yep. starts raining and i now i like if my options are to just leave or or, or just leave the switch and come like go make a sandwich and come back yeah. when it's not raining. Yeah, just, but you might get hit by lightning. You might get a lot of sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, that's the point where um, I like go through my inventory to see if I've picked up anything that I haven't photographed yet and well, things yeah. like but that. It, but the inv- if you go to the inventory screen, it pauses the game, so you're not yeah, actually but that, pr- no, progress. but dumping it out on the ground and <laughs> taking. Pictures but then it's gonna get wet. <laughs> 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 Have you done any of the divine beasts yet? No, not, I've not even gotten close to that stuff. I like was, I went to a mountain and there was some really weird stuff happening at the top of the mountain that I could see. And I was like, you know what? I'm probably not ready for whatever that is. So I don't know if that was one of the divine beasts or if that was just something else. That might've been something else. Uh, and then, yeah, like I've definitely gotten to a couple of places where there are monsters that are just way above my pay grade yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I went to i went to this the end of this road not even the end of this road i was on this road and there was something that looked kind of like a minotaur and i like it saw me from really far away and then it just shot an arrow up into the sky i was like oh that's weird and then then like two or three seconds later like because i'm just standing there oh, i just yeah, get killed yeah. i just instantly get killed and i'm like oh wow that's terrible <laughs> and yeah. those guys are rough yeah, yeah. if you uh, manage first to sneak I, up behind one you can ride it they hate yeah. it. No way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They hate that. Oh, That's incredible. They, they hate it really bad. Uh, soothe, 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 soothe. <laughs> the, first time I, uh, the first time I encountered a wizard robe did not go so well for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I found another one, and, and I was able to kill it. Uh, I remember getting killed by a fucking keese. Yeah? <laughs> like, I've never even been hit by a keese yet. Like, it was just like an insta-kill. Whoa. Because it was some- Oh, it was like they, a They're all like elemental. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. That, yeah. Okay. 
It's like, what's next? A gel? Am I going to get killed by a gel? Well, the, the wizard kept summoning those, all of these in Breath of the Wild? fire. I don't know. I'm assuming that if Vire and Keese are in there. Mm. Well, I'm only assuming that Vires are in there. But uh, if you, you assume that if you have a Vire that you may, where there's Keese, there's Vire. <laughs> it is. They say. And it is where super there's weird. gel, there's Zol. Right. It is super weird seeing these like 3D rendered like human scale versions of these monsters. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. this is not what I envisioned in yep. at all. The way that Wizrobes move around the world is weird. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> like And 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 yet like that's that's a reasonable approximation of their behavior in the old oh, yeah. 3D Zelda games. It's it, I love that. That's super weird and yeah. cool. Yeah. The 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 idea that the dungeons you went into were like the shrines like just sort of gives me a new appreciation for like what like I wonder I wonder if they really thought about that when they designed the original Zelda it was like what is this room like? You know, what mm-hmm. if we if we had to like construct it cuz the shrines are just the architecture is so cool yeah um i've been really impressed i i was super impressed in, in like the first couple of hours with the korok sets and i was like oh my god are all these gonna be just super unique individual environmental puzzles and then i was like oh actually it repeats the mechanics a yeah. lot yeah um yeah. so i was less excited by that over time but the shrines have been all pretty interesting and yeah. different yeah. and that's yep. been cool well, they, they start to repeat too but do they okay oh, yeah. but not not as much there's also a lot of them that like like they're so physicsy that you can find loopholes in them and yeah. that's yeah, so you can exciting when that that's stupid i had to cheese the fucking marble maze yep, one yep. like because it was <laughs> just too hard too. yeah yeah there just turn one... the whole fucking maze upside down like yeah, you yeah. just oh, flip hilarious. the controller over and it's just the flat bottom of the marble maze like that's hilarious the thing is i didn't feel like i felt like i was okay at the marble maze it was making the like jump from the yeah. maze to the ramp where you yep, just yep. weren't sure where it was that yeah, was, it was where it fucked up every angle. time yeah it was yeah. just like but like it was like the naya's quest problem or the, the uh uh, oh, right, sol- right, right. solstice it was just like the angle that i'm at i can't tell which things are adjacent uh, yeah i forget who made this observation i think it might have been andy mcclure again um uh talking about how in breath of the wild um all the weird puzzle shit is makes makes sense diegetically mm-hmm. like this puzzle is there not because it's just how the world fell together but because like a forest fairy did it like they're yeah, fucking yeah. with you or, and or, this shrine or is okay. a test from this shrine guy. Yeah. 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 Sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean I was wondering like how that works, but of course, yeah, if it's if it's literally just presented to you as a test. I get the sense that most mortal beings can't see the Koroks and stuff. I don't remember if that's true. Because there's I, that I giant if... Korok. There's the giant Korok thing that you encounter where you trade in seeds for like inventory slots. Yeah. And they were really surprised that you could see them. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And, well, and like nobody else can go into the shrines for some reason. Right. But nobody can unlock them because you're the only Well, because they don't well, have, you a... have the tablet oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. unlocks the yeah. shrines. Um, I like that. I like that in the shrines, there's always at least one chest, sometimes two, yep. for like optional objectives. Yep, that that's makes cool. me very happy. Yeah. And when I get to the end of it and I like haven't found it yet, I'm like, okay, where, mm-hmm. where, where did I, what did I miss? Yep. And that's great. Um, yeah, I've just been, I have just been repeatedly pleased by almost everything. I, the fairy mechanic is super friendly and good. Like. 
That's, the gear upgrade thing? No. Well, that that's nice. Uh, but literally just capturing fairies, just having them in your inventory and then oh, just yeah, yeah. Insta, being insta-used whenever you get to zero hearts is great. Mm. Like that's super friendly and like um, you can always kind of just go back to that fairy and pick up some more of those. Yeah, yeah. I still haven't figured out what their schedule for responding is. Like the is. pickup? Yeah, I, the pickup fairies. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think I ever found one. I mean, they were they hang out next they, they to the great fairies. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I, I like, think they're the, like, like they only reappear. You have to sneak if up on them, on like few enough in your inventory or something. That mm. might be true. Yeah, I think that might yeah. be the case because it it if it's if it's just on a timer, then it must be like an ex, uh, an increasingly long timer every time or something like that. Because I've been back there a lot of times and haven't found any more. Well, it's, yeah, maybe it's possible you just aren't dying, so that, that it is based on your inventory. Yeah, I am kind of with Gary Butterfield on the. I think that the dialogue is pretty awful. Oh yeah, it's terrible. Uh, like between like you and all the random NPCs. Yeah, just everything. Everything. Everybody talks eight times as much as they need to to convey what their mechanical purpose in the world is, if any. Yeah, and, and it's like, just not. It's not good in any way. It's not bad, but it's just yeah, like I mean, I, yeah, like none of none of the text of makes me happy. I, well, that's that, not true. There, the me. I haven't even the really people noticed. who work. Uh, sorry, I were, if we're talking over each other. Okay, sorry, sorry. Um, the people who work at the construction company. I forget the name of it. I liked their dialogue. The I actually yes. actively enjoyed that stuff. But everything else in the game is just like because they're all named Sun. Well, and and also or? like the way they. The way they talk about their, their their job, okay. Um, but like everything else in the game, like it, it, it feels like nobody asked, like, is the player going to be happy they read this text? Hmm. Which mm-hmm. I think is true for almost every game. We'll talk more about this in the when we talk about the assignment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do that now? Yeah, sure. The assignment: layers of fear. Um, I think we all had layers varying of levels of, of difficulty playing this. Riff, yeah. Riff, you couldn't play it at all. Yeah, I played it, it a year ago. I tried to put it up. Um, no. I spent a good half hour trying to get it to run on my my brand new Mac with like a not like a great graphics card in it, but like sort of a newer Intel integrated, and it was just like like a frame every five. Not Oof. no, sorry, like. Two or three frames a second, I guess. That's not great. Yeah. And so I just had to switch over to the PC, which runs it fine. But even even like this PC has run every other game at absolutely maximum settings, like beautifully, like sixty frames a second or more, and it was still stuttering in places on this. I don't understand what they are doing to make the performance so bad. This is really a show for true gamers. Our our initial primary criticism is about the frame rate. I'm just confused. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just confused because like like they are. It's doing really s- really suboptimal. Uh, I, I blame the Unity codes. engine. You know, you, you see that right. logo, and you know the game's gonna. Yeah, be bad. it's not <laughs> worth wishlisting. Also, if you know key binding, no purchase. Yeah, <laughs> we got one of those. Uh, I actually did have key binding problems with this game. Mm. Uh, because I tried to rebind WASD to the Dvorak equivalent of WASD and it wouldn't accept comma. Oh, question. Did you... So you played some more West of Loathing. Yeah. Did I, you use the Dvorak rebind? Uh, I, I used it in the options and I saw the poster and then I realized I never used the keyboard when I play that game. Oh, okay. So like... It didn't, didn't matter at all. Yeah. Okay, well... Did you appreciate that the poster changed? I appreciated that okay. the poster changed. That was Good. great. I okay. just want Kevin's insight there to pay off. Yeah. yeah. So... Layers of Fear is 
a horror walking simulator with some light puzzle solving and real bad writing. Oh yeah. Yeah. The 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 gameplay is great. I actually yeah, I really like I played for like 2 hours and I really enjoyed like well, the way the scares were set up, the way like the impossible geometry stuff is yeah, set up. I am such a sucker for that. I that's that's where it, that's the first time that happened was when I started to not care actually. Oh, uh, which is weird. I, well, like, is it because the world stopped being a realm? It's yeah, because 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 I was like, oh well, they they can just do whatever they want. I'm I'm no longer like now. I'm just going to kind of run through this situation because it's it clearly it's just a constructed. Well, thing that's what I you're have, supposed. I have no to control. Do. That's what they want you to. do. Do, right, like through it. The optional, no, I, no, but they want you to go in a prescribed path, and that's why every door always takes you to the next place you need to go for it not to be boring, which I really huh. appreciate. I, I feel like maybe, maybe even just logistically, like the for the most part, when 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 the impossible should happen, it felt like the exception. Um, okay. And often enough, it followed rules that that it felt like there was some meaning to the changes. I stopped paying attention to the narrative stuff, so I wasn't sure. I, I stopped paying the nar- attention to the narrative <laughs> stuff after the first note. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you missed some like, really hilarious anachronisms. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize this game was set in the 19th century until you mentioned it. I mean, Wait, how do you, how do you that, know that? I'm making Griff? an assumption there, but <laughs> that's certainly how yeah. it appears from the the architecture and, and it could, could just be like speaking. let's make a game like amnesia yeah. and that's why it looks they like have, that they have electric lights so it's got to be it's got to be at least 20th century right mm-hmm. uh they had electric lights in the late 1800s did they yeah to the point where you would have multiple was there any sign that this was like room? the house of the future yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you didn't find the note. No, I didn't. From I the... didn't see the elephant being electrocuted. The, the, I mean, what even, was the name of the pest, it the pest control? As pesky, as like, pest, yeah. pesky pest control. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. if was it like, was as late as be. like 1930, they they were still not saying up the yin yang in 1930. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure about that? that uh, who knows? I, I actually did, where did you find it that? I think it goes in cycles. So uh, and also uh, the ter- the phrase nightmare fuel. Uh, which was, oh, yeah. was actually coined by Mystery Science Theater in 1993. Okay, oh, that's where did, when did when what's the earliest the occurrence of up that? the yin yang? <laughs> uh, let's see. I think it was ni- ni- 1970 was the earliest one I found, but just mm. yin yang meaning butthole uh, dates to like <laughs> the late 60s. Yes, yeah, so that felt. Well, not that this makes sense, but that felt like it might have been a World War II thing hmm. to That's me. But interesting. I didn't. I honestly did not know that in that phrase, "yin yang" meant butthole. Huh. I I just I like I didn't ever connect that to what up the yin yang. Okay. I'm gonna hide this heroin up my yin yang. <laughs> they said. I also learned that um, shit, like referring to unspecified stuff or things as in get your shit together uh was not was not used until like 1930 and the actual mm. phrase get your shit together doesn't appear in print until late 60s <laughs> i would have thought it was that dated to uh gwen stefani's uh <laughs> use in mm, this my shit this my shit <laughs> meaning yeah this is just my this is my stuff this is my stuff these are yeah <laughs> where where are your bags ah uh, this my shit this my shit she said <laughs> it the the like the vo is bad mm. the it's 
like I appreciate all of the choices that they made. It's the execution where it fails. Yeah. It felt, and I mean, like I think that there was a this might be a misunderstanding on my part of the actual composition of the team, but the fact that this is a game studio that's based out of Poland made me maybe attribute the the sort of tone of it to localization trouble, mm -hmm. but I think maybe it was made in English originally. I couldn't I couldn't find anything that indicated otherwise. Um, big team. Oh yeah, really surprised at how many people well, are in the credits. It's very asset heavy. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of empty drawers, which I could have done without. Yep. Yeah, this was, is a little cumbersome to I, open them. I, like if you were just hitting E to open a drawer, that'd be easier than actually having to click and drag. I definitely stopped looking in drawers after like 15 of them with nothing in it. I think you miss a lot of achievements if you do that. Yeah, there's multiple endings to this game, which I didn't know. Hmm. Um, well, it's, it talks about their like at the very beginning. It says the choices you make will determine your path, etc. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like yeah, it doesn't feel ever like you're making any choices. But I think it's the like it, the more you explore, the more things that will change yeah. or whatever. And like the very first achievement I got, I like took the cover off the painting, and it said that cover you, cover should have stayed there. And I was like, why? Because it like there's nothing about this that is like weird or creepy. It's just like an unfinished painting. Yeah, I remember like hearing like a musical sting when I did like, oh shit, this yeah. it's a blank canvas. Yeah, oh it's scary. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, okay. Well, no, that canvas actually depicted Dorian Gray's ghost. <laughs> ah. um, the, I decided that what I would do uh, for the assignment rather than play, I played the first like hour of the game again, just to kind of refamiliarize myself with it. And then I played the DLC. Hmm. Um, How does that work? It is, you are the protagonist's daughter and you go back to the house, gone home style to... I don't know what your goal is exactly. Um, it has two different endings. One where you decide, wow, my dad was a real prick. And one where you decide, you know what? My dad was just crazy because his art drove him crazy. He was just like striving for perfection and he had a rough life. And uh, that is determined by choices that I didn't understand that I was making in the in the game. But there are there's a lot of times where you will do things that make your father angry in like memory sequences. There's a lot of sequences where you are, your mobility is kind of restricted because it's like flashbacks to when you are a child, like moving around hmm. the spaces. And there's like a sequence where your dad is trying to teach you to paint. And every time you grab a crayon instead of a, uh, instead of a paintbrush, he yells at you. But apparently if you keep doing the crayon stuff, you like kind of continue building out the weird sort of like, fantasy crayon realm that that sequence takes place in and you can find a bunch of other stuff in there yeah, and get yeah. a bunch of achievements Th this game is this game and the dlc both seem to be just riddled with hidden achievements that you get for like finding every single picture of a rat that gets tacked to the wall in the studio when you've found it in the first mm. game and there's like a secret ending that you can only get in the dlc by finding all of the all of these like notes that are scattered around the house I finished the DLC in probably like 45 minutes of playtime and it was, it was fine. I can understand somebody being pissed that they paid $5 for that. I wasn't, 
but I could imagine someone well, being the fact that it has multiple endings implies that you're supposed to be able to play through it. Again. That's true, and but it doesn't like tell you that. Like I know that because I looked at it. I accidentally oh. saw the entry about that in a wiki when I was trying to refamiliarize myself with the plot of Layers of Fear, the base game, the which is called Layers of Fear. Uh, the plot of Layers of Fear is basically like a bunch of scary shit happens in rooms and the, like a door that you went through isn't there anymore and then you find another grisly body part and it adds another layer to the painting, right? Because you're finding like skin pieces and stuff. and Yeah, you get skin and then you get bones to use as a brush and marrow to use as paint and eyeball okay. to use as the audience okay. eventually and... There's one more or two more. A finger to use to, to point finger, it finger off. paint. Yeah, to flip off the painting. Because <laughs> it's those six locked cabinets or whatever. Yeah, but then there's, like, the ending The ending of Layers of Fear determines, like, kind of, like, what you were actually doing the whole time. Oh, weird. It, on the other side of the hallucinations that you were experiencing as the player. Um, okay. And there's just, like, a lot of backstory that you... Only find out about in the ending? No, um, that you only find out about through like reading everything and finding all of the little vignettes and stuff. Like it was like, you're an artist and you get married and your shopping list includes five crossed out, 10 crossed out, 30 booze. That made me so angry. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. It's like, Uh, that is like no shopping list that anyone has ever made. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't care. Just whatever. Booze yeah, five. I don't, like, I don't I know, know what I want, ten. but I want thirty of them. Yeah, like it, it's uh, God. I mean, of that, course, he, that was the thing. He needs a lot of booze because he stores all the bottles on their side in that cabinet, so they fall out as soon as you open the door. Well, no, yeah. there's also the chest. Where yeah, there's the up. chest full of empty booze <laughs> bottles and the yeah, yeah. No, maybe maybe that was like actually just a. A photograph of the whiteboard and that what they meant. We should have five things that scare the player. No, 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 ten. No, let make it thirty. Boo. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was what made me think it wasn't written in English originally. Right. Like it's, in that, the beginning, that's got to like, be some sort of an item on the shopping list. Five booze, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, sir. <laughs> that's- Anyone who would order that can't afford it (laughs) or is a baby and shouldn't be sold it. In a TV show or a movie when they go to the bar and order a beer. Yeah. Is that a thing that you can do and they will give you something? I mean, I think they will say what kind of beer. I've definitely been next to, like, spent a lot of time at bars. The kind that you would give your grandfather if he said he wanted a beer. (laughs) Yeah, like me ordering coffee in San Francisco. I've definitely been at bars, like, Dozens of times when, like, say, an old man will walk in who does not normally go into bars and be, give me a beer. What kind of beer? A light beer. Right. And they'll say, we got a Pilsner. Whatever. Right. <laughs> right. Well, they clearly don't care. But, the, like, the interaction is not. Give me a beer. Okay. Here's yeah. your beer. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That does not happen. <laughs> I mean, maybe that happens if you go into, like, a bar a where tap. I grew up. And say, give me a beer. Maybe they will just give you a Bud Light because right. that's all anybody ever wants. There's but. there was a bar that there used to be a indie game meetup there, like East Bay game dev meetup. Um, and I saw like someone order a beer, and they ordered a specific thing, and the bartender like like filled the glass half with that, and then like ran out of that. It, like the the tap stopped 
I guess it, I don't know what happens in there. I guess that runs out of beer. And yes, the, the keg has a finite amount of beer <laughs> right. in it. Uh, and then they just moved on to the next. It's not just like plugged into the municipal just, beer they supply. Filled, they filled it with the next one over. Well, so sometimes they'll have two. They have two taps, taps with the same beer in it. Like so it might not have been sketchy, okay, but that right. is kind of funny. I was just thinking, like that's. I bet you could just ask for a beer and be okay, whatever. Hey, give me a yeah. give me a suicide. Yeah, a beer just like suicide. a little bit out of every tab. Ugh. Jesus. That would oh, yeah. be real nasty. Oh, what it, man. It's probably not good, but I, like not having ever tried it, I I wouldn't want to write it off entirely, but it's probably yeah, terrible. I mean, maybe if we like that knew sounds like someone a good dare. who yeah. owned a bar. Yeah. Like, what would they even charge you for that? Like, I don't know. Like a taster fee oh my god. every... Oh, yeah. Well, it's order a tasting flight and an empty glass. Ta- yeah, give me give me a tasting flight and a pitcher, I guess. Like, because it depends on. Uh, Oof. Wow. Or all right, here here we order it. You you order the taster flight, and yeah. then you like lean back in your chair and open your mouth, and I just pour all of the <laughs> tasters into or your just, mouth. Like, at go once. to a a wine a wine tasting place and drink out of the spittoon. spit bucket. Oh. Yeah. Spit bucket. Oh. Damn. Yeah. Damn. God. <clears throat> No. Yeah, now we have to have a wine tasting in our next game. <laughs> <laughs> I once was at a party where they were having a wine tasting, and a guy at the party had a biscotti, which someone then dared him to dip in the spit bucket. Oh, no! And he, he dipped a biscotti in the in the wine spit bucket. And ate it. God. He's probably okay. So that disgusts me in a way that I was also, I I worked with a kid who at a party, people collectively threw money into a pot, which was how much would it take to get you to just drink a glass of your own piss? And it ended up being like 80 or 90 bucks that they pulled. And he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll drink a glass of my piss for 90 bucks. Like, what? It's not going to hurt wouldn't? me. <laughs> well, right. That disgusts me way less than that dude dipping the biscotti into the wine yeah. spit. Yeah, right, I because the I piss agree. was just yeah. in your body. Like, right. The obviously, was, it's the not piss that. was his. It was, it was also, I had been drinking, like, I had been drinking Tecate all night. It was just water coming yeah. out of my dick. <laughs> and plus, there. if like, he, like, was... drank it immediately, it'd still be sterile. And warm. That's what yeah. they say. I wonder if I that's actually true. I don't. I mean, I think it's this. true, but it stops being sterile pretty quick. <laughs> well, I don't think it stops being sterile. I think it becomes like becomes, it becomes like yeah, toxic becomes levels of the contaminated or whatever. Yeah. Well, how does that work? I don't think it's like pathogens in the urine that your your kidneys strip out, right? Like it, it's metal and stuff i don't know like i know you're, i know you're supposed to not drink your own urine more than three times more than, i thought it was more than seven times <laughs> i think it's three how many times can you fold a piece of paper in half <laughs> before three. the before the hydraulic press F- channel 50, yeah. <laughs> 50 times okay how many times can you piss into a hydraulic press before <laughs> that the hydraulic press not being able to fold something just an arbitrary number of times was kind of amazing. Yeah, just it, causing a sheet of paper to explode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is pretty, pretty impressive. Remarkable. Yeah. The, Generally, the I find those deck of, kind of, cards of boring. I mean, the guy is charming. The, like, yeah. weird Swedish yeah. guy or whoever it is. Like, oh, okay, that I can understand why this guy has a YouTube channel that's popular. But, like, mostly it's just like, eh, okay. <laughs> this, there's a... 
fifteenth of a second that I care about in this video. <laughs> and I could watch like we could have old Duncan Robinson make a super cut of those. Oh, and that yeah. would be like ten years worth of content for that channel in a yeah, minute. Yeah. There's a I forget it is one of the, the economics podcasts I listen to um has a sideshow called Tell Me Something I Don't Know, which just has this game show format where like uh a guest will like th- this happens like three times an episode. A guest comes up and tells like interesting facts from history or whatever. And then like a panel talks about it, whether they knew it or not. And uh, they like, say, Nope, I knew that uh, or, you uh, lose. There's that's a criterion. And also like if the judges like decide they do, they re- immediately research it and decide whether it's factual enough to, mm. to call. And then like, I think there's a competition and like the podcast is like an hour long, but the only interesting thing about it is the three-minute story that happens three times. Sorry, we've run out of time. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> That's it. Hundred-minute warning, guys. And uh, you would think that that timer would not do that. Yeah, I think it's intended for something other than timing podcasts. Well, right. I mean, how big would the market be for a podcast recording timer? <laughs> right. Uh, and that, that was my whole point was that like, I just want like the 10 minute version of this podcast instead of this one. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. <laughs> um, well, uh, we decided without you riff that our next assignment after layers of fear, which was this assignment, uh, is going to be the new Metroid two remake on the 3ds because we all want to play it. Yeah. And we're going to, uh, Kevin and I are going to be definitely going to play it. Anyway. Traveling, uh, to you. Yes. We're going to be in Portland from basically tomorrow until the day before we record again. So I should remember to take my 3ds so I can actually play yeah. the assignment. I'll have to dig it out. Um, speaking of digging it out, this show is made possible by all of the Patreon backers who have dug money out of their wallets to give it to us for every episode. Patreon backers such as Champ Duckets, Digby Goes West, <laughs> Kato Kalen, <laughs> Bob Nornquist, Robert Nornquist, his dad, mm. Kate O'Kalen, Robert Cat Nordthwaite, Kate Minslet, <laughs> Nordbert Engelbert. Nestle Salmonton. <laughs> Samsung fish wraps. <laughs> Gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 302 of, ep- of episode 302 of episode 302 of video games hot dog with you. And I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And if you do, it'll be episode 303. And if you don't, it'll be episode 302 (laughs) of episode 302 of episode 302. Turn left and then turn left and then turn left. Man, the idea that every episode you record that many versions of that episode. So uh, this is episode two, episode two. (laughs) Mm, Man, episode, yeah. (laughs) Episode two prime and episode two, two. Yeah. Mm. Be great. (laughs) Cockaboo-boo-boo. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night.